0: Francis, back in March 2020, uh, we uh, put together here at Future Creators something you called the Big Breakout video. Share a little bit more about that and what uh, Microsoft has done to really prepare uh, by supporting this network of big carriers.
1: This is an interesting story. Microsoft has had what we call the Big Breakout. If you go back not that many years... Microsoft was a supplier of personal computer software, pretty much. That's what you'd say it did. Yeah, it did other stuff as well, but that's what it was known for. And really that was the end of that. The problem of course, is that personal computers only scale so far. It didn't make it very well in the cell phone business. So it missed that whole generation uh, of devices. And what often happens on the information cost velocity curve as students of future creators know is that if you miss the next step on the information cost velocity curve, you're usually gone. Well, Microsoft engineered a massive change done by very, very, very few companies in all of history, frankly. It leapt ahead into a cloud space. So it left behind its if you like, hardware-driven world of PC operating systems and server operating systems and jumped into uh, a structure called Azure. And Azure became Microsoft's core framework. And Azure is a cloud space. It's also full of other vendors, kind of like an app store, if you like, on steroids. And this shift allowed Microsoft to suddenly start growing very quickly, very successfully. And as many people have seen, it hit the trillion dollar valuation space not long ago. This was very much the sort of thing that we had predicted. In fact, if you go back far enough, a good 20 years or more, we diagnosed Microsoft's problems and said, if you don't solve these, you're going nowhere and Microsoft just drifted and drifted and drifted and indeed was going nowhere. Well, under uh, their new CEO, Nadella, they have broken out and it's been fascinating. But what is really interesting to me is that the business of scaling Azure has two faces, if you like. One of them we've discussed in a podcast on at and is the business of selling Azure-based systems to the big mobile carriers like AT&T to run their networks. The other is something quite different. The fact is that Azure itself must scale on the Internet of Things. So Microsoft must have direct, direct, and let me say it again, direct access to the internet of things and all the devices on it so that Azure can scale in that space. And the internet of things may reach reach a a trillion devices at the end of the decade. Wow, that's a scale potential and Microsoft has got to get to it. So we looked at Microsoft in the big breakout video that we did and we've discussed it many times on these podcasts over the last uh, year or two. Microsoft built a whole set, everything of, of, of uh, capabilities, everything from Airband, which to the untrained eye looks like a commitment to put cell service uh, up for the, uh, the underserved here in the States or in poorer countries around the world, but is actually an access network, all the way through their Azure networking architecture, their acquisition of affirmed networks, And finally, their acquisition of Metaswitch. And the Metaswitch acquisition seemed to have puzzled everyone. Didn't puzzle us. We saw right away what it would do to scale Azure. It made complete sense. And so what you have here is a Microsoft, which is set to scale in two directions. One to scale the big customers like AT&T and others. And the other is to scale the Azure marketplace itself so that the apps in the app store um, can inflate and grow. This is a massive shift. And I don't think most of the people in this world truly understand where Microsoft's going. And I don't think companies like AT&T really get this or understand what's about to happen.
0: Microsoft was in the news recently. Uh, this is not something we talked about pre-show, but uh, I think uh, telling about the industry as a whole um, the government uh, had a program uh, where uh, Microsoft and Amazon were almost engaged in a little bit of a turf war of who's going to land the cloud computing contracts. Uh, who? Uh, how do you think Microsoft will survive? Is this going to be a blip on their radar given their success in uh, private enterprise, or is this going to have some long-term ramifications on Microsoft?
1: You've hit something here which is extremely difficult to uh, analyze or to predict. First of all, it's a political event because it's a government-driven thing. And that's always a problem. But the second thing is that in the United States, and we've seen this with the COVID pandemic, government systems are antique, really antique. And just to give an example that everyone out there can grasp, one of the few places that insists on getting faxes today is the IRS. You know, the IRS is still sitting on a fax. Now, I don't know about you, but I cannot remember the last time I used a fax. 20 years? More? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a long time ago. So um, you have something here where there are additional questions, like do the people... On the government side, actually know what it is they're supposed to be doing, let alone who the best vendor is. Um, what would they know about any of this? And I can see that yes, you know, Microsoft and Amazon can have a big battle here and duke it out. I'm not sure that either of them would benefit from winning a contract like this.
0: Very good. For more on our insights and podcasts, check us out at futurecreators.simplecast.com and check out our website, future-creators.com. Thanks, Francis.
1: Thanks, Robert.